The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. It is six minutes after eight o'clock here on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined on location today by one Merle Kelch. You may have heard him clearing his voice there momentarily, which means he's ready to go for the day. I am ready. He Not only is he ready to go for today, but he's also, uh, from what I understand, contemplating retirement uh, right now while he is in sunny Florida, as one often does, uh, for multiple reasons, though, and that's because got a very good day for one particular stock that Merle happens to own. So yeah, yeah. first off, as you heard the disclaimer that this is uh, opinions expressed in the show are for general information purposes only, and we are also disclosing that Merle does indeed own shares of this stock that we are about to talk about but hey it was a big day for a lot of stocks yesterday including nvidia yeah uh, nvidia and as well as the the whole ai stock of, of course just jumped up once again and for a number of reasons and, and by the way um folks i'm not retiring <laughs> <as you know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm pretty certain if my assistant and half my uh, clients heard they're like what 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 no no i'm, I'm not Again, so, uh, contemplating retirement as one does in Florida. Well, sometimes you do, but you know, it's supposed to rain for the next three days. So if I don't <laughs> take it back out of my system, I'll be fine. You know, so, and uh, if if I were ever to retire someplace, I probably wouldn't choose Florida. And if my wife's listening right now, she's like, "What? No, I, <laughs> it wouldn't be my place to to retire to." Too many people. I, right. I'd I'd prefer a field someplace with some sort of critters of manner of critters in it. That I, I like that versus. Yeah, I'm looking at my neighbor right now, and they're waving at me. Apparently, they're asking if I want, you know, eggs later because I can see them. <laughs> you know, that we're that close. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, the the whole AI thing continues to keep driving forward, and, and some of the reasoning for that one, uh, we had the PCE numbers, which is a, a, a gauge of inflation that takes out um, um, energy and, and uh, um, food and that kind of stuff. So it tries to take it really at the core, um, and that appears to continue to keep improving. And so that's what I'm driving up the marketplace. And then looking at where the extreme profits are, and it tends to be inside of AI stocks. And the reason for that is because they continue to keep generating um, chips and power and designs and ideas and competitions coming into it uh, to continue to keep furthering this AI stuff. And so, you know, folks, I'm reading some articles, and I can't pop on uh, until one article that talks about it because there were so many this morning. But, you know, the, the thing we keep talking about artificial intelligence and, and um, in here – we don't realize what the potential of artificial intelligence has. We, we, we don't see it because you, as a listener like me, uh, we sit back and we look around and we think, wow, life is really changing. It's really fast. And oh, by the way, we pick up our phone and say, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to say the real name. We say, hey, Bob, and you put in the name you want to, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't want all of our phones to start going off, including mine, because I'm talking on it. <laughs> um, but we do that. We ask it a question. Um, that answer, that's all artificial intelligence, and it's getting really, really bleeding good. 
um, and it's only at its infancy. You know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about, you know, life cycle of a business where you start reaching that exponential growth, and AI is just starting at that. But it's going to change almost everything how we do stuff, um, and, and the potential of that is just absolutely enormous. So what we're seeing right now with companies like NVIDIA and AMD and IBM and Microsoft and Google and Apple and everybody else in the world, and again, I'm not running out and saying buy the stock, folks. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm simply saying these companies are all gearing up for that that's coming. It hasn't come yet. They're all gearing up for what's to come. Um, and the potential that could be huge. Also, could be scary. I mean, that was one of the things Stephen Hawking said before he died. The thing he fears most um, is artificial intelligence, where that's going to go. So then this past week, we see, of course, Elon Musk um, suing OpenAI, Sam Altman, um, because he thinks that Sam Altman um, uh, is against the original principles of OpenAI. And many people don't realize this, but um, Elon Musk was one of the original founders of OpenAI, and then he stepped back from it. And OpenAI was supposed to be for all humanity. It was not supposed to be a for-profit. And all of a sudden, Microsoft got in there, and oops, now it's a profit company. Magic how that happens sometimes. So they're in an argument back and forth on what's going to happen with that. And this actually is an article, folks, by Steve Goldstein. Um, and so the type, matter of fact, I have to put in there says, uh, here's what, what's, here's what an AI chatbot thinks about Elon Musk's lawsuit against OpenAI and Sam Altman. Now, the reason I think this is kind of interesting, folks, is I said just a moment ago that AI and the reason we're seeing, you know, Nvidia and all these different stocks jumping up so much um, is because of what's coming. Um, so this article, if you want to do something really cool, folks, this article was generated in the responses by AI. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, in here, the author of the article, of course, is Steve Goldstein. Um, but in here, the article, he asks OpenAI, uh, what's the possibility that Elon Musk is going to win the lawsuit against Sam Altman and OpenAI um, and gave its responses? And the responses are very well thought out and uh, have a lot of logic to them. So if you want to see what AI does, this article is written by AI. Um, so enormously interesting to me as I was reading that article this morning. So that's the, that's the difference of it. You know, um, right down to the point where you, know, you think about it right now, when you walk up to your car and you have your key fob in a pocket and the doors open up automatically uh, because you ask your car to do that, um, that's all artificial intelligence. Your mm-hmm. car is actually measuring where the stuff is and doing stuff based upon our command. It's rudimentary, but it's getting better. When you drive down your car and you say, um, find a McDonald's near me, and all of a sudden it shows up in your map, that's artificial intelligence. It's just that now it's gotten really, really good. So to take that step further, if you read this article by um, uh, Steve Goldstein, when you read that article, somebody asked the possibility of, of, uh, of Elon Musk winning this lawsuit case against OpenAI and Sam Altman that put in all the information, gathered the information from the Internet, and then spit a response. That's a next step and a big one. It's only going to get bigger from here. And so that's what all these companies are doing. So the reason they're jumping up so much is people are seeing the potential and who has the building blocks for what's going to occur coming up into the future. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. Just because Merle is on the phone doesn't mean we don't have an open phone line for you. We absolutely do. So if you give us a call, we'd be happy to connect you uh, through our conference call technology, which is not powered by 
uh, AI. It is powered by a 19, I'm going to guess 1970s-ish conference calling system that is set up next to our uh, fancy board here at the WSAU studios. But uh, Merle, you brought up a lot of good points in there about AI, and I wanted to expand on one of them a bit uh, because we actually did get a pitch at one time for an AI-powered newscast for the Wausau area, like an artificial intelligence company that would produce a two- or a three-minute newscast to run on our stations here in Wausau. Uh, We all kind of listened to it. We said, you know, there's some possibilities here, but there's still a lot of stuff that's not going to sound human, and you're going to be, you know, for at least somebody like myself, who is a a nerd about these things, I could tell somebody else, maybe not, but uh, we'll have to expand on that a little later because we do have a call here at 715-845-2155. Good morning. You're on with Merle Kelch this morning. Who are we talking to? Uh, This is John. Morning, John. Hey, Merle. uh, You know, I have uh, done, I play around with about, 10% 10% of my, you know, retirement money or whatever. I'm retired, and I've got an IRA, and, um, you know, I kind of put a lot of my bets on this uh, EV thing, you know, electric vehicle, batteries, rare earths and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's beside the point, but... Uh, you know, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to uh, this uh, artificial intelligence thing, and uh, I guess what I'm thinking is trying to do like an ETF within this industry or within this uh, element, and uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I can't pick whether NVIDIA is going to be the winner or AMD is going to be the winner or Apple or whatever. And and I kind of wanted your recommendations on that. You know, John, you're hitting on two or three points here that are um, really exceptional good. By the way, there's a a great article this morning about rare earth opportunities inside the United States. Uh, We'll get to that at some point in time, I'm sure. Um, um, but but things well, yeah, are making Wyoming a note. right now. What's that? Anyway, yeah. So so in here, you know, the reason for an ETF is so that you don't have to try to pick which one company to use. And in fact, uh, in my practice, we work with clients, or sometimes we just can't find some stuff in a small cap value arena. Um, at one point in time, if we would look for individual stocks in that arena, there were only about twelve that, in my opinion, were worth a darn. And so I'd, I'd just go through and pick up an ETF. We'd buy them all. It was just a lot easier that way. We did that for a long time. Now some opportunities have opened up again. But an ETF allows us to have a basket of individual companies um, um, that we don't have to choose which one. And so I don't think that's a bad way to go at all. Now, I don't know your portfolio, so I can't recommend you should buy one or not. Um, but if you're going to look at doing that, an ETF is a very easy way in which to do so and not a bad idea at all. Um, you know, versus trying to pick which one company. You know, uh, we have uh, a, a number of clients that we do individual stocks for. And uh, we have one client I'm picking on because he's probably listening. So he'll pick, you know, say, what about this stock? And I'll say, well, choose this one. And then he doesn't choose it and he chooses something else. And so the joke is, let me know what you're going to buy so I can sell it 
and buy the one we didn't buy because that turns out to be better. And so the humor with that is just simply he just seems to pick good stocks and buys them after they went up. That was the humor part. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, John, um, in here, uh, a lot of people use ETF well, for that purpose. Well, you know, Merle, that's the, that's the point I'm trying to make, you know, is, yeah, yeah. is, is this AI thing a uh, trend? Is it, well, you kind of said already that it's in its infancy. I mean, yeah, yeah, is it, it too yeah. late to jump into this? And then the no, other thing would so. be like an ETF. Yeah. Uh, I would rather not do an index ETF. I would rather have it be a smartly managed ETF yeah. in the artificial intelligence right. sector. So, so John, you, I mean, you, if you have Internet, which I'm going to guess that you do, um, it's yes. real easy to do a search out there for an ETF. Now, again, make sure you know what's on the inside. So look at that question. Um, I don't have any symbols to give you, and I can't do that anyway because of the nature of the, the show. Um, but in I that, understand. Yep, but, but in that, you're going to find some good quality ETFs that are going to have the stuff that you want. And so they talk about the Magnificent Seven. You'll, you'll see a bunch of those on the inside. So what's happened here inside of the, um, the whole ET, I'm sorry, AI community or world, if you will, is that a number of companies jumped up because they were just heads and, and you know, heads and shoulders above everybody else from competition. And that's where NVIDIA comes in. Again, I own NVIDIA. I have to make sure I say that. Um, but there's a lot of competitors. Well, you know, everybody's got to get lucky once in a while. You know, and boy, uh, <laughs> you know, John, if you've heard me talk about it in the show, I bought this stuff three years ago because I saw games or kids playing games all the time. And it was making money and doing well and doing great. I bought it before the whole AI craze. And so we said, you got lucky because you knew what was going on. I said, no, I bought it because I was goofy, and I thought they made money three years ago, and it just turned into this. So I got lucky completely. This is my uh, Winnebago moment. Um, if you're an investor, uh, this is my Winnebago moment with this one at this point. I don't want my wife to know what we have because, you know, we'll start having more stuff show up from Amazon. See how this goes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so John in here, some, what's happening now is now the competition is starting to come in. Uh, the designs coming up in the next year or two by the competitors are going to, you know, uh, put NVIDIA to task. And the other part of that that I think is huge in this marketplace is that all of our PCs are going to change at home. All of our iPads are going to change. Our cell phones are going to change. You're already starting to see this happening. Um, because now they're going to start having chips that are more designed to be artificial intelligence, where they're going to be programmable by us. We can have it do things for us, and the computers are going to work better because now our laptop PCs will have the ability to do some basic programming to it. Um, and we can talk into it, and it'll tell us what we want to do and be faster and quicker and easier to do so. All that stuff is going to be reworked. So all of those companies that are part of that are going to be in the middle of it. And that competition is going to come in. So I still think this whole AI thing that's going on is in its infancy. Um, and there's going to be a lot of companies that are going to benefit by it because it's literally going to change everything. Um, isn't that a uh, isn't that a term from uh, 2010, the movie? What's going to change everything? That's something like that. Anyway, something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Don't know, anyway. I don't know the movie. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the only thing that's you know, not really going to change. Typically, I've or, been a contrarian investor, and that has not paid off for me. Yeah. But this um, would be a momentum move as far as an investor. And, 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 here's, and if you think it's in its infancy, you know, this is probably yeah. 
I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I don't want to I be think, left out on it. Yeah, it's you know, fear of missing out is is going to be is a big thing. That's probably what's happening right now. I'm just taking a guess at this. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, with in, me. <laughs> just there you go. Nvidia, I think, was moment. I think is a lot of momentum now. Their profit is holding up the their profit that they're generating is holding up the stock price. Um, uh, some could say it's overpriced or underpriced. You know, we'll let argue, but the profit has been jumping up um, at the same uh, percentage that you've seen the stock price up with Nvidia. But its competitors are coming up, and the competitors are going to make it. Um, uh, you know, in the in the rest of AI and the things that are going to go on, in my opinion as an industry is in its infancy and still continuing to grow because it's going to change everything. It's not going to change a paper box and it's not going to change a spatula, which are things I'm looking at right now, but the manufacturing processes to get them done are probably going to change because of artificial intelligence. The artificial intelligence is going to be able to simply go through and do computations quicker and suggest a better way for the manufacturing process. And so therein again lies where the artificial intelligence is going to come in. It's going to allow us to simply do computations, figures, ideas a lot faster than what we do before. Is able to get, garner a lot quicker information than you and I would be ourselves. That also could be the scary part, which is where many people uh, uh, believe we could go. All right. Thanks. You know, on a sidestep question, um, mm-hmm. what do you think about? Uh, yeah, I've been watching the internet. What do you think about AI? Uh, generated investing platforms where yeah they've been uh, around for a long time yeah they've been around for a long time what do you think the future is there you know I'm still planning to be here for a while so we're we're good there and and here's the the difference oh you're not retiring I'm not retiring no so um, (laughs) you know I think I think what's happening inside the investment world is I think AI is going to be quicker for us to analyze an individual stock and individualize fun and say, okay, um, I think this is going to be the better one or the worst one. I think AI is, and I think it's already happening at this point in time. But here's the difference in our industry. Um, AI, I don't think, has the ability to go through and say, well, we've got uh, young Mike here. Sorry, Mike, we're picking on you now. Shoot. Um, and young Mike says, okay, I want to get to retirement. Um so let's set up a schedule. Okay, so we can set up a schedule on how much to save each month to get us a particular place. We can use AI to help choose individual stocks. So we're going to go that route over the funds or ETFs. It can help us choose that sort of stuff. But it can't choose Mike saying, oh, my girlfriend uh, is uh, and I are going to have a baby and get married uh, in three weeks, so how do we adjust for that? Um, what do we do? It can't do that unpredicted part. Um, and I think that's where our industry still has to have humans involved, um, just because of that unpredictability. Remember, the whole thing about artificial intelligence is predictability and, and information. Um, unpredictability throws things off all over the place. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll be outdated at some point in time, but I don't think so. We still have to have a certain amount of human response in the middle of there. Um, so I think our industry will still have bodies. Uh, but for the computational part of it, I think artificial intelligence will come in. And it's welcome. Um, if you can make it better and faster for information, let's take it. That's what the Internet did uh, for our industry, made it better and faster for everybody that's out there listening and using the Internet. When I started in this business, and it's been so long ago, that if we wanted to research a stock or build a portfolio, we had to pull out literally books that were four and five inches thick, and there were 20 of them. And we'd have to go page by page looking at the stock and doing the 
analytics and the math to see if it was a good stock and if they're making money. I'm happy I had to do that because it's really benefited me in my career. We don't have to do that anymore. Now we push a button, put some constraints, and it pops it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the analytics, I think AI is going to be good. But for our industry, I think that human still got to be in there. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. If you've got a question for Merle, we do have an open phone line for you. We'll be back with more after this. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents. So we're going to be a little short here for this segment on Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, Merle Kelch joining us uh, via remote from the uh, remote uh, satellite office in Florida which he says is not great right now, but, I mean, who doesn't want to be near the beach? Well, I'm sitting in my sunroom an hour and a half away from the beach, so it's not that good, but okay. we're okay. You know, it's, it's warm, so we're all right. You know, by the way, I just got to thank uh, uh, John, our last caller, John. Uh, great conversation. I appreciate it. Calling again. We do appreciate it. Uh, he brought up something about rare earth minerals. And um, I want to touch upon this because we've talked about it years ago in this program. Um, and uh, we talked about it years ago because at that particular point in time, uh, China basically created about 90% of rare earths in the whole world. And from that, they had the ability to control almost anything. So there's an article that's out there by Myra Sifong. And the title of the article is, China's grip on rare earth elements is slipping. Investors should take note. Um, and inside of this article, they actually go through, or she actually goes through and chats about um, an article as far as what China did. And they're the biggest producer, and they would go around the world and find out where there was a, a mine or rare earths in countries that were um, at least a lot easier to do mining. They would buy that up and they were holding it up. And now the reason for that, folks, is that you can't make a cell phone or a car or a chip, or a coffee maker, uh, you, you can't make that without having some sort of a rare earth mineral. And so with that, China's had that grip over a long, long period of time, like 90% of the grip on it around the world. And now it's down to about 70%. And the reason is we're now starting to see Brazil, we're starting to see India, and even the U.S. continue to keep driving up and buying more and more of, or being able to mine more and more of those rare earths. Now, Brazil has got a mountain of it. Um, as far as rare earths go, um, Africa's got a ton of it in three within three countries. They got a ton of rare earths. The problem is getting it out. Mm-hmm. So getting rare earths out is just an ecological mess and a nightmare. Uh, we have a company inside of the U.S. and I'll, I'll cite their name coming up. Um, they found a way that they said they can do it, not only uh, profitable, but they also can do it without ripping apart the the whole world um, and the whole countryside to be able to get these minerals out. Um, but it's changing now. We're not talking about, you know, the popular ones that we hear about, like cobalt and lithium. That's that's not it. Um, there are actually 17 different elements, including things, pardon me, because this is kind of funny and the reason I'm reading these, things you never hear about, like yttrium, scandium, and the uh, lithonides, which is 15 chemical elements on the periodic table. Do you have those memorized? Do you know what they are? I do not, no. 
Yeah, neither do I. I just read them that standard. I just read them poorly. <laughs> um, but we need them again from, uh, what do you say? We need from everything from EVs to LED light bulbs. Uh, we need them on the old cent inside. And uh, they call these as super critical elements. So as we look at this now, uh, the production potential, production potential is getting higher. The monopoly that China has been holding and trying to still hold is lessening. Um, opportunities are showing up inside of Canada, which has got about the same amount of the U.S., but they also have about the same amount of mining restrictions that we have. And so with it, um, they're looking around the world at a number of companies. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to cite you folks. Um, if uh, you have an interest in doing rare earths, uh, there's a whole bunch of companies inside of this article. Um, but more importantly, there's a rare earth ETF uh, that's out there uh, by Vanek. Now, again, I'm not recommending you buy this. I'm not recommending it as part of your portfolio. I don't know that. Um, but it's one of those things we look at the building blocks of this whole craze that we're talking about, AI and how everything changes. Who's going to build the stuff? How do we get there? And this is one of those building blocks. And the things that Merle likes to see in portfolios is, okay, if there's who builds the stuff, you know, who makes it? I like to do that stuff. And this is about the most rudimentary part of that you can get is making sure you have some rare earths. Now, we have one of our clients that's uh, kind of a nutcase with this stuff with me. And a number of years ago, we put him in. It's like an 85% return we got for a year. Of course, last year it was down, but um, it was neat to see what happens with the rare earths when you jump them up like that. We got to have them. If we're going to expand it, we need to have these types of uh, uh, elements to be able to build this stuff. So interesting stuff. And I really like the fact that uh, we found during COVID um, that China was really kind of putting a grip uh, on this stuff. Mm -hmm. We also, by the way, need rare earths for pharmaceuticals. We need it for drugs. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. If you have a question for Merle, we'd be happy to connect you. We'll be back with more after this here on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. That is the disembodied voice of Merle Kelch here on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as we are making financial sense on this Saturday morning. I am WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined on the phone by Merle Kelch. And if you've got a question for Merle, we have an open phone line for you at 715-845-2155. Give us a call. We'd be happy to connect with you. Uh, Merle was making me a little uh, hungry during the break because uh, all of a sudden out of the blue, you know, give him the countdown. We got 30 seconds and all of a sudden he brings up granola, like granola bars yeah. and, and things like that. And I, of course, immediately said, are we talking like, uh, like the delicious snacks that you eat in the middle of the day to keep yourself going? And he told me that's not the case. So now is Merle's time to explain this. Well, you know, when we talk about granolas, you might make, that makes me some sort of a hippie dad. I'm going to start hiking the Pacific Trail. <laughs> um, and the answer is zero. No, I will not be. Um, in fact, I might take a loop around our hood right here today, but that's about it. So in here, you might think, you know, so we have the Magnificent Seven, which, of course, is all this AI thing that's fueling the marketplace here in the U.S. 
you might think, well, what are they doing inside the Europe and uh, European Union right now? It's not the Magnificent Seven that's driving up their stocks. It's what they call the granolas. So a little bit different. Um, a lot of their stocks that are running up right now are actually um, based upon the healthcare stocks and then and the, and the of course the drug stocks that we all heard the name of. But right now there are 11 European stocks that have been leading the European stock market higher. And I'll just give you some of the names that we would know and recognize. Um, and so again, folks, not telling you to go buy these, but I'm going to show you an opportunity why we want to look at portfolios in a different way. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. So first of all, we have Glax, GlaxoSmithKline over here. <clears throat> they have, for example, GlaxoSmithKline, um, Roche. Um, they have Nestle, Novartis, and Nordis, L'Oreal, uh, Louis Vuitton Company, which is something, something, Moet, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton, AstraZeneca, uh, you know, Sanofi. So they have a number of different stocks that are the things that are driving up the marketplace over there, and a lot of it happens to be healthcare stocks. Um, and what's interesting is a number of these companies are also the same companies that are uh, producing our weight loss drugs that we have right now that are driving up the marketplace just enormously. Mm -hmm. So what's important about this is this. You're part of a portfolio that diversifies, and this is based upon modern portfolio theory, is that we not only just have money inside the U.S., but we also have money outside the U.S. too. And so the reason for that is that typically when the U.S. goes up, the internationals come down and vice versa. So they call that correlation, and they call it negative correlation. Ideally, um, ideally what you have is you have two uh, portfolios that if one's not going up, the other one does, and it creates a balance. So by having it, if you have your money only in the U.S., it goes up and down in a certain way. And if the internationals are, inter, are um, negatively correlated, they'll go the opposite. So by blending the two, you don't get the volatility of both, but you get an average between both of them. Um, and typically improves your rates of returns as well. And there's a whole big mathematical model that goes through without boring you about that. But the important thing to note is that um, um, it, they're doing pretty good. We're smoking over here, but they're doing pretty good. And as we'll probably see us slow down, I'm not saying we're going to start dropping 25 or 30%. I don't see that, at least not in the near horizon. Again, that's my opinion here. Um, but what's interesting is that if they do slow down, we're now starting to see the international marketplaces starting to drive themselves back up again. So again, a good piece to have in that diversification portfolio is to make sure you have some international. How much should you have? What percentages? And that whole bit, I'd say seek your financial professional to help you with that to make sure you have a portfolio that's balanced properly. Uh, but we want to look around the world. And, and why, you might be asking. Um, Mike, I know you're dying to hear the answer to this question. Mm -hmm. All right. Attempt at humor. Uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago, two-thirds of all the investment opportunities inside of the world where you put your money to make it were inside the United States. Today, two-thirds are outside the United States. Mm -hmm. So though we're a huge economy, um, we are certainly a global marketplace where we invest. And so we have to always be aware of that. Whether we believe we only want to invest inside of America, which there's nothing wrong with that, but for proper diversification, we have to put a little bit on the outside as far as dollars go, too. And there's some ways in which you can do so and have to do so. Yeah. It, yeah. Speaking of international, I mean, look no further than what's about to transpire in Stevens Point. Again, I, being the news director, got some you know information on all of these stories. There's a, a company from Europe that's about to open a food manufacturing plant in Stevens Point, or at least all signs are pointing to that. 
which brings a European company right there to uh, to Portage County that's likely going to be employing, well, you know, American uh, workers and buying American sure. potatoes. So uh, look no further than that uh, diversification right there, which not only is good for our economy, but then, hey, it means uh, we've got a little bit of a stake of uh, something in Europe and our products are going over there um, to be consumed. Well, so yeah, I mean, hey, look there's an example right of it. With, yeah, look at, look at us right here in Wausau with, um, like Talus, you know, so uh, that's a French company. So it, 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 the world is becoming more and more global, like it or not. Mm-hmm. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. We did have somebody waiting on the line. Uh, you may have heard during the last segment there that they uh, hung up. So if you've uh, still got a question for Merle and you're still listening, feel free to give us a call. We'd be uh, happy to connect you with Merle. As we continue here on another edition of Making Financial Sense on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. And uh, Merle, obviously, when you're talking about kind of connecting globally and and doing things like that, there's a whole lot of it's something like that on the surface, I guess, to somebody like me, seems like it would be pretty complex, but I'm guessing, as we talked about earlier, with the advent of uh, computing and AI and things like that, uh, people have really made it uh, seamless and available with just a a few mouse clicks or a few taps on the screen. Well, you know, one of the things I think has has occurred is international investing is that the prices have come down. You know, early on in my career, you know, it was the same principle. You have to invest globally. You have to, you know, make sure you have money around the world. Um, But you you never wanted to say, I'm just going Brazil, and that's it, uh, because you don't know how Brazil is going to go, for example. But you could go out there and you could choose mutual funds that had really smart and good managers and staff of hundreds around them, where they would do that work for you and choose the better companies on a global basis around the world. And they would go through this stuff and say, well, they want to make sure that they use the uh, gap or generally accepted accounting principles we have in the U.S. We do the money. Uh, they bring everything back to the U.S. dollar, so that's the work. But it took a lot of money to do that. So if you bought global funds, typically your internal fees would be, you know, half a percentage point, three quarters of a percentage point higher than what you had in the U.S. But I think with computerization, AI, globalization, those prices have come down to be able to invest globally today. So you can go through and and buy a good international or global mutual fund. The difference, by the way, is international is outside the U.S., global includes the U.S. and around the rest of the world. Uh, You can invest in that stuff, but the prices are not that much more over what you would have inside of the U.S. because the prices have come down because of the ability to have faster and quicker computing. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the benefits of of, uh, mass production from a technical end, um, I guess, uh, have really made it easier for us to invest on that global basis. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? I'm sorry to say this is John again. Hi, John. And you guys have shifted. You guys have shifted a little bit in your. I try to call when uh, you're talking about this. You started talking about healthcare uh, or health, the health industry, and I'm wondering what Merle thinks about the uh, the idea of uh, you know the genetic technology that's coming out where they can, you know, isolate uh, certain diseases to, Mm -hmm. you know, cure with a single shot. Uh, 
I don't want to mention any companies here, but yeah. So, uh, so John, you're, you're I know Merle, you've got yeah. a son that's got some kind of uh, wheelchair disease, but yeah, yeah. And I've got um, I've got a couple yeah. sons that also have, uh, you know, like type one diabetes. So uh, I, I think I think the stuff I, that's I, coming down down the line, John, especially if we incorporate it with AI. I think the stuff that's coming from a genetic standpoint is just absolutely phenomenal. It's coming for a couple of different reasons. You know, so um, I dove into this research a number of years ago. Mom had cancer. And so with mom having cancer, of course, I'm a nutcase about research and all that kind of stuff we've talked about on here. You know, some people watch a TV series. I do research. I'm crazy. I get this. So in here, there's um, an Italian company at the time, and this was multiple years ago, um, and it's happening now inside of the U.S., and this is part of a conversation I had with my mother's oncologist at that time. And so they actually go through, if you get cancer today, folks, um, uh, the doctors go through and they, they do a biopsy, and they actually test the cancer that you would have against some 150 cancers that are out there. And I believe my number of 150 is about right. And they see which one exactly that you have so they can pinpoint your treatment to the exact cancer not a class of cancer, but the exact cancer that you have. Um, and so from that, even at that point in time, my mom was getting stem cell shots after they would do stuff. And, and mom had enormously aggressive cancer, and she's fine. She had a little breast can- some breast cancer later afterwards, um, and she's just fine. And it was all because of stuff that was happening from genetic studies. So they furthered it, they being doctors, um, have furthered it, uh, brought by the, the Italians, and this is, going back seven, eight years ago, folks, where they would not only do the test and do the genetic study on which exact cancer that you would have, but they would actually make an antibody for your body with that stem or with those genes, and then they would inject it back into your body with stem cells so your body would actually fight the cancer that's inside of your body. That's coming. I mean, it, it's coming. And so from it then, they well, can actually okay. go through. That, that's my question, Merle. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, is this... This is, is this another movement? Is this another momentum play? I think into... the answer is yes. Uh, the the okay. Chinese just had an I article. Mean, I'm in it again... so far with, uh, I'm in it so far with, you know, the black-haired uh, lady that just moved down to Florida. I won't mention her name. But so far, it's an ETF, and so far it is. I'm in the hole on that. I mean, I don't know whether to pour a lot of times inside of the biological funds into it or not, huh? Usually, the biological stuff that I find it's years. Um, when you look at somebody has a great idea, it's years because the FDA approval's got to get through, and you and the, the FDA is, is going to be one of the biggest and hardest governing bodies you can get through. Now, the Chinese just did something that was interesting, and I don't remember exactly what um, uh, it was, but uh, in China they have a, a problem with deafness that's genetically related. And, and um, again, I read the article. Um, I don't have any sighting for it. Um, but um, in here, they found a way to genetically fix it, and they can genetically fix it in utero. So a child would have these genetic markers that they could find by doing um, – uh, they're probably pulling blood. I don't know that they're doing just amniocentesis for that. Um, but they're pulling it and looking at it and saying, okay, this child now has genetic markers for this deafness. And they uh, essentially do a genetic – modification in utero and a child comes out 
uh, not having those genetic markers and not death. That stuff is coming, folks. It is. And to be able to correct a lot yeah. of things well, is very I mean, Okay, that, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at, Merle. Yeah. Uh, is that a momentum play? I, I think it goes too slow for momentum. In an play. ETF mode, yeah. is that a, is that a, a, you know, I referred to this. John, John you have a, a great question. I'm already and, I in, but... and I don't know that I necessarily have an answer as of yet, but the genetics, is it's coming, um, and it's coming quickly. But I think it takes so long to get through FTA, you're not getting enough companies in ETF ETF to make it work right yet. Um, I would almost do the research and look at from an individual company standpoint. And it's one of those things that you throw enough money and you can afford to lose at a casino. And that's how much you put in those yeah. companies. Um, because trying to put a big bet into an ETF and that the stuff is always so slow in moving, um, um, you know, based upon uh, the FDA and other areas. We only have to go back, and I'm watching a time here, Mike, by the way. We only have to go back to COVID to see how long it takes for things to get done. You know, many people don't realize this, but the cure for COVID, um, the, the vaccines, whether we agree or disagree, um, was actually invented 20 years before COVID. Maybe it was 17 or 18, so I'm not far. And the did reason not, was, I did not know that. Yeah, it was developed by Moderna um, from based upon what our U.S. military wanted to do because of SARS and MERS. So SARS and MERS, of course, um, high mortality rate, just terrible. And our soldiers were going right in the middle of that stuff. And so they did um, our, oh, Jesus, the, the markers, our MRA. Um, I, I think I'm getting that wrong. If you guys got it right, let me know. Um, no, I think you got, it right, you got it right, Merle. Okay. That is the our military developed them and gave it to our soldiers 20 years ago. So they already knew what the outcome was going to be with people and that it was going to largely be fine. I'm not, I didn't say perfect, but largely going to be fine because we've already done it. So when COVID came out, uh, they did a, they pulled a genetic sequencing of the COVID virus, and basically Moderna just kind of went and blew up the book and said, hey, we think this will work, because genetically it was almost the same thing. A couple of modifications, they had it done. So Moderna has been trying to get that to be a vaccine for 20 years prior to COVID coming out. And what finally made it work? Um, the administration at the time said, hey, we're putting this on our front burner. You're doing this now. You're not waiting. You're, you're getting it done now. And so from it, um, uh, you know, others as far as uh, Pfizer teamed up, and I can't think of the other name uh, they're teamed up with. But anyway, they had something that was similar. And so they said, well, we can do this. Now we just need enough eggs. Yeah, true story, but kind of funny. So, so with it then, that stuff has been around for 20 years. And so though, even though we find something that they can genetically solve and fix a lot of issues and problems, um, uh, you know, it, it takes a long time to get there from that medical standpoint. Now, what I think is interesting is watch Elon Musk's Neuralink. Um, I think that's going to be interesting coming up. So, especially Elon for those, Musk and what? Uh, Neuralink. He started a company called Neuralink. And his primary not reason aware of for that. people... I'm sorry? I it's a non-vertically traded company. Okay. Um, Elon Musk started a company called Neuralink. They finally started doing some volunteered clinical trials where they put a small implant in, and for people who are unable to use their hands and arms, they can control a mouse using their head, using their mind. And this chip will not only... Okay, I have heard of that. I have heard of that. That's kind of like that that Stephen uh, 
the guy in the wheelchair. Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, his whole kinda, reasoning for this. He kind of used that technology, correct? Pardon me. Stephen Hawking kind of used that technology, correct? He still to had a little bit of manipulation to, to do, and he would move stuff to word for word, word for word. I'm using a minimal, uh, be able to mobility to be able to do so. Uh, but this, he would have been able to do it all mm -hmm. with his head, his mind. But the other part of that is that um, now you have somebody who has cerebral palsy, which is what my son has. Um, you know, there's the potential, maybe not in his lifetime, or maybe even inside of our lifetime, guys. Um, but there's the potential to say, okay, you have cerebral palsy, you're having some spinal difficulties back and forth. You had an accident, you have a blocker from here to here, and they put in a neural link to bypass that and some sort of an exoskin or to be able to start using your function. That sort of stuff is now going up against, along with genetics, could be some great stuff coming up in the area many years ahead. All right. Thank you for the call, John. Again, I'm sorry. We do have to uh, kind of cut you off here and uh, get ready to close out another edition of Making Financial Sense here on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, so, Merle, again, a lot of real specific uh, kind of questions yeah. in there. I'm sure maybe maybe some people uh, kind of had difficulty understanding, too, because it seemed the two of you were talking over each other uh, quite a bit. But I guess the one thing I want people to take away from this is there's anything, you know, anything at all, technologically-wise, is maybe something to watch right now because if something does hit like that, it's going to be big, especially when you're talking about oh, healthcare yeah. and things like that. But as yeah. you mentioned earlier, if it's something that's in its infancy, really only, you know, take the casino theory on it, only put in what you can afford to lose because, yeah. again, yeah. it's something that could be the next yeah. big thing. And, and that's exactly it. Now, um, uh, first of all, I, I, I enjoyed the show. And so, by the way, folks, I'm sorry because you've delved into the stuff that goes into my head what I do for fun, which is researching things, but so I'm a weirdo. <laughs> right. But, um, but at the same time, you know, we, we look at it, and it's these ideas that change everything. And, and we have to look at that. You know, it's the whole thing with artificial intelligence. Um, but when something's in its infancy, and you think, well, Jesus might be a great idea, it's usually years before it starts coming to some sort of fruition. And so if you want to delve into it quickly or fast, you just put a little bit in. Um, you put a little bit in. And I always say the amount you can afford to lose at a casino and not cry about it. Um, because in its infancy, it doesn't really work out well. You have to wait for it to start growing some momentum and starting to hit the main class. And that's when you tend to see it really start to grow, when it reaches that critical mass from that uh, um, uh, company cycle, if you will. Right. Um, but you always have to keep reading and researching if you're in the investment world and you want to be in that business, um, as far as an investor goes. Um, you always got to keep reading and working at it. And again, Merle, if somebody wants to get a hold of you uh, during this week, or or maybe John wants to stop in and uh, and have a cup of I coffee, I think John and, and I are going to have to go have. I think John and I are going to have to go have, go have coffee. At some yeah, point. no kidding. So, uh, how does he get a hold of you here in Wausau? Seven one five eight four nine thirty six hundred, or stop and visit, visit us on Third Avenue and Bridge Street uh, in Wausau. So uh, for the next couple of days, my assistant Kim will be there, uh, but they'll always be able to get a hold of me. I am still working during the week. Just in a warmer climate, that's all. So, um, Or you can find us outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or you can always find us online at kelchensociates.com. News headlines from Fox News Radio are coming up next.